Thanks for joining us again, Jared. The second part of the Fear Street saga tonight. Hmm. Before we get into that, let's do a quick whip round. I watched nothing. Right. Zero. Okay. Good. None. Busy? Well, unless you... Well, you're also busy. Oh, look, I'm a busy guy. <laughs> I'm going to leave it there. Right. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I've watched a few things, actually. Right. So you're not busy? No. <laughs> you're not at the moment. I was, I've been working my way through... Um, well, actually, to start with, Adam, and I'm kind of ashamed to, to say this, but... Movie 43 <laughs> popped up on Netflix. But <laughs> how did it and go I down for you? I couldn't help myself. Look, it's a fucking surreal experience watching it because it is fucking loaded with talented actors and actresses. and Some of them were pre-fame, correct? Yeah, a handful like Chris of them. Chris Pratt. And a handful of them. People. Well, they, were still, they still had a level of fame. Yeah, but they weren't, but they weren't who they are now. possibly quite as big as they are now. But, I mean, even so... She was pretty stacked. I mean, in that yeah. particular conversation, you know, the whole, who should know better? Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. Everyone. <laughs> everyone should know better. I mean, Dennis Quaid. Fuck. <laughs> you should know better. Um, but there was, there was yeah, a couple of times. you've been in the industry for years. You should know what a turd smells like. <laughs> yeah, there was a few times where I had to stop. I had to fucking pause it because I was fucking breaking out in these uncontrollable fucking <laughs> giggling fits. But it wasn't related to the material. <laughs> I just kept. I mean, the, the, to give you an example, the sequence where Chris Pratt is fucking laying in a pile of his own shit, <laughs> and we get a fucking fart gag and him making these pain sort of groans, and I'm sitting there. I just fucking broke into this uncontrollable giggling, just thinking, <laughs> what? Like, what why did you say yes? <laughs> what did you say yes to this for? Didn't Richard Gears one consist of? And a female iPod that chops your fingers off. Yeah, you yeah. Are fucking yeah. Honestly, <laughs> again, how Richard. many years have you been in the industry, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable! <laughs> and how was your Jackman performance? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I will say I did, have, I did have a couple of giggles, but again, it was a combination of. Yeah, this is kind of amusing, but it's an obvious gag. And <laughs> how did they get you to say yes to this? I mean, Kate Winslet is giving it everything. Well, she's, she's a professional, <laughs> mate. She's professional. Oh. That's what you can get. You know that Winslet will give you 100%, <laughs> even if Hugh Jackman's in front of her with a scrotum on fucking chin. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was a surreal sort of experience. I mean, the the bit where the bit where he is attempting to eat the soup and he's spilling it on the fucking the ball bag on his chin is just is probably the low point of his career. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! I mean, a few more of these people should have spoken to George Clooney. <laughs> What are your thoughts on this, George? Are you yeah, going to do it? <laughs> the thing that I find highly amusing is everyone else couldn't seem to tell these blokes, I'm not interested. And they hassled and hassled and hassled. <laughs> they got them in. Clooney turns around and says, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of the story. Test of power. It's like, don't fucking talk to me again. And what was the other one that was highly embarrassing? I think it was it was Halle Berry and Stephen Merchant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, fucking hell. <laughs> that was... 
I mean, there's, there's some really... Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say about that, the way that one ended up. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. So, yeah, that was that was one thing that I watched. All you can ask is I hope they enjoyed working with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my it God. It had to have been a, a good experience on set because it wasn't in terms of what they cut together. Yeah, yep. Worked through. Look, I did the I did the dad thing and watched uh, the space the new Space Jam with the kids. How was it? Worked through that. Yeah, it was what you'd expect. Pretty much exactly what you'd expect. So yeah, no, um, not not great, not bad. Just, yeah, entertaining you know. enough, but but you know, forgettable really. Been working through the Batman series again, obviously. Oh, yeah. So I went. Did went the, back to the Keaton ones. Yep. You did the Nolan ones. Did the Nolan ones. Did the DC. EU ones as well, the ones featuring Batman, and then my son decided that he wanted to go back to the... Hang on, sorry, you're talking ones. about the Batman and Superman. Yeah, Batman and Superman. Oh, all that would have been a... Yeah. Rudge through some yeah, little was, crap. Yeah, there. yeah, there was some, there was some, some tough, tough times tough, there. Some dark, dark um, hours. But we went, yeah, we went back to the Keaton ones. Batman Returns. We watched Batman Returns. It's a little bit quirkier than I remembered, and there's also... There seems to be a lot of fucking innuendo stuff going on. So Does I, someone say innuendo? <laughs> there's a lot of kind of very, I mean, the Penguin and Catwoman, even Batman, they're, they're all kind of, they all seem to be very horny throughout yeah, the yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. So I don't remember it well. No. And um, I, like, there's still the things that I enjoyed when I was younger watching it, but you know, I did recall people saying things about how Burton made a film that was a bit harder to sell Happy yeah, Meals yeah. with and things like that. Now that I kind of went back to it, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I it do. Is. I mean, I, I remember not really being a fan of the Penguin yeah. stuff. I was a huge Catwoman fan, mm-hmm. obviously. Still am. But Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. But I just remember the Penguin stuff being a little bit kind of drab. Yeah. And... I think Returns is where we start getting fucking dual villains and shit, and then the next one we've got three villains. Yeah, but look, that's not themselves. that's not that's not Burton's fault. I thought the dual dual villain stuff could could have worked out all right. What's Burton's fault? What part of it's Burton's fault? Probably the horny, the horny, horny, <laughs> horny villains. I, I don't know. Got a bad no, look, on it too. Burton Burton liked to play sort of fast and loose with with character. Yeah, he did, he wasn't like going to sort of conform to everything. Yeah, and I think some of the, some of that's okay, but at certain points it's just like, eh, if you got something that works, when Batman becomes a sleaze, <laughs> you know you yeah. probably stepped too far. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I didn't necessarily dislike the take, the whole take on the. The Catwoman, but turning it kind of supernatural was a little bit of a bit of a different sort of choice. That's a very Tim Burton kind of angle to yeah. it. So yeah, there's a few things. I much preferred his version of Gotham. I can tell you what Tim Burton does bring to the Batman movies, and it's the worst Commissioner Gordon in the whole. Is that Pat Hingle? Annie, that's Pat Hingle. God damn! It. <laughs> I, I wish, I wish he was doing that. Because I mean, Commissioner so Gordon is just—he means nothing to those movies. Yeah, I know. He's, um, just, he's far better in the Nolan films. Yeah, because he's, but he's not Commissioner Gordon. Even in the DC, even in the DC EU stuff, isn't he just better? De- Detective Gordon. In yeah, the he works Nolan his way ones? up in the Nolan ones. But I mean, 
in the Burton ones, he's essentially there to well, fuck, mate. If flick I'm, a if, if, if someone's got, if someone's giving me a choice of Gary Oldman or Pat Eagle, I think, <laughs> I think taking, it's a fucking yeah. lay down the I'm taking Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that was that was what was going on there. Obviously, we moved on to Batman Forever. What was? Um, ba- did you watch the first Batman? Yeah, yeah, we that, that's still one. that's still good, isn't it? Still holds up pretty well. How does, how's um, Nicholson? Nicholson's good. He's just exactly what you kind of wanted. I mean, he's just again, it's it plays a little fast and loose with the mythology, but I didn't mind that one so much. He's just got shit loads of screen presence. Yeah, I think that's part of what. And made he kind of takes he takes it in his own sort of direction, but it is this kind of off the wall kind of crazy. I mean, it's it's enjoyable. It's a, yeah. it's a good performance to watch. So that one still holds up the best out of all of them, I think. Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Buffoonery. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we started to soak, th- soak everything in neon. Val Kilmer, putting it out there, I think he might be worse than Clooney as Batman, possibly. Nicole Kidman. Bad choice. Even hornier than everyone else in the series. <laughs> <Hell>. <laughs> so poor old Kidman got saddled with being the horniest she's person. Just, I mean, from the second Batman's on screen, she's kind of, ooh, you know. Like, but... Yeah, buffoonery. I mean, for a let's, man... Let's talk about buffoonery. Tommy Lee Jones, for a man who does not sanction buffoonery, he acted like a fucking buffoon. Yeah. And pretty much... I mean, I lay it at his feet. He was fucking awful. Jim yeah. Carrey was over the top, but also was... He seemed to have some idea of what the Riddler was supposed to be. Well, I don't think this, Tommy Jared. Lee Jones bothered to, bothered to talk no, to him. No, look, see, Jones didn't give a fuck. No, he to didn't me, give a fuck. To me, I guarantee you, he's purely paycheck. Yeah, and it comes. Yeah, how much are you going to give me? Give me ten Apparently, million. Apparently, what his kids or something liked it. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, he couldn't even be bothered to make any sort of the the, the two face that he gives you is just a cheap generic. It's, I mean, it's like he watched Jack Nicholson and thought, "I'll try to do that," mm. and the only thing that he does is flip the coin. Yeah, yeah. it's like even that just doesn't it doesn't bring see, anything. He brings see, nothing to the character. Schumacher was also probably not directing anyone with any sort of. Effort. He was a bit more concerned about the set piece. Look, I think, like yeah, I think made. Schumacher was invested, but he just took it in a direction that he thought it would work work and really he shouldn't well. Have thought that, and maybe he shouldn't have. And again, he's brought up conversations that you know things had to look like this so we could sell. But toys you know what? They, the, the, what I like about Schumacher is he's been fucking upfront and honest about his participation in the series. Yes, yeah, and blatantly said, "Look, fucking Batman and Robin was." Bu- just pure bullshit. Um, essentially, <laughs> yeah. we were selling toys. We mm-hmm. weren't fucking making a movie. We were selling toys. So I appreciate that Schumacher had been very upfront about the problems with the series and never sat around, you know, going, oh, now, come on, we made a heap of money on this, you know, that sort yeah. of fucking bullshit that these guys like to pull. Yeah. So I appreciate that. What, Matt, let me ask you this. If it hadn't been the Riddler that we initially were after, which was Robin Williams, would that have been a better fit? Look, I think any way that it went, if it was going to be Schumacher directing it, same script or whatever, it was going to go it. this direction anyway. But, yeah, Robin Williams would have been very good. But I could see him, like, in a... I mean, there's there's portions of something like a one-hour photo that would fit nicely with the Riddler if yes, you balance yes. that with You're some You're trying to the, balance the whole sort of, you know... Yeah, because essentially what Schumacher did was he started pushing it into the direction of a big budget 
version of the 1966 series. It was just villains that were cackling and plans that were just, you know... <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, lairs and all this sort of shit. <laughs> he doesn't love a lair, <laughs> So did you get to Batman and Robin? Yes. Fuck. Yeah, just a travesty. <laughs> just a travesty. You've got nothing to offer on that one. I mean, I look at it and I think Uma Thurman could have been a really good Poison Ivy in different circumstances, but... Yeah, there's just so much wrong with it. And that's the one where it really does go full tilt into that direction. I think yeah, one of your problems was Arnie. Because yeah. when you cast Arnie, you, there's a there's a, a, a requirement to give him so much screen time. Yeah, and I look, I always take it back to, you know, the thing that really pissed me off about the Mr. Freeze is that the, the animated series had just reinvented the character and they had done it fantastically well. And then they took pieces of that but just didn't use any of it. Like, they, they, they talk about how... His you know, wife's still frozen, isn't Yeah, it? his wife's still frozen. There's a part there where he actually talks about, you know, I'm, I'm cold and emotionless or whatever. Two seconds later, he's making a pun and then going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, if you're not feeling any emotions, mate, you wouldn't be breaking out of this fucking laughter. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, when he comes back into the, you know, he's got a lair and a group of henchmen hockey players. Oh, I mean, I looked yeah. at the hockey players and the design of a couple of them. I thought they would look great in something like Turbo Kid, but yeah. in this, that <laughs> and, fucking, and then yeah, he's got his little lair and he's fucking singing along to. Oh man, Jack Frost or whatever it is. Oh, I was God, just I remember like, all this. I'm really hell. I'm starting to feel sick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just a disaster. It's just me. That's not the one where Robin dries his clothes. No, no that, that was Batman, Batman forever. forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I think we knew what was coming. <laughs> Batman and Robin after we saw that scene. Yes, yeah. It was uh, just... Which one's got Alicia Silverstone? Batman and Robin. Fuck. Yeah. 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 She's the she's Fuck the one that comes hell. back from England with an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> and again, you know, an English thanks accent? to honest trailers, they keep pointing things out to me like, you know, they, they kind of go, is it normal for someone who's just gotten off the plane from England to still be wearing the school uniform from the fucking <laughs> academy in England that she's supposed to be attending? I'm just like... Fucking hell, like, <laughs> there's so many things that they just did not even think is about. Is that the, uh, that, that is, is it my, still Michael Goff as um, Alfred? Yeah. But he's on his last legs, if I remember correctly. Well, he's in the film, he gets sick. But I think in reality he might have been sick too. <laughs> if he wasn't <laughs> he was before he fucking got the script. these fucking films. <laughs> yeah, is he so. in the first two? Yeah, yeah. Batman him, so he, he, him all the way from He's Alfred. To... He's the longest running Alfred. Yes. And the worst. The worst. Yeah. Because he's the, he's the classic sort of... Yeah, this is all stuff that, I mean, that's that's very much what the perception of the characters probably was so to an is, extent at the time. Because the other... It was Michael Caine. Michael Caine. In, and then it was Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Irons. Yeah. Fuck. And Jeremy Irons is more of the kind of modern, where it's he's a little bit... Younger, and he's a tech savvy he guy. Seems to have like you know, once you go into the backstory, there's there's kind of um, military and secret service kind of setups in the background, and he would have made which explains really good things about you know helping to train Bruce Wayne, but of course and he stitching got, him up, got and fucked up the ass by being in bloody anything by Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Because he gets shafted in those films. Obviously. He does, he does, which yeah, is a bit yeah. of a shame. So. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, I was really looking forward to him, and I think he would have really nailed the part in in better movies as well. So that's one of the big big uh, shames about the DCEU is that we could have had a a Batman. We film had some with, really good actors with Affleck, J.K. Simmons, J.K. Simmons, and, and Jeremy, Jeremy Irons as those three that we've talked about. You know, that's that's one of the worst things. Looking back on that, is Commissioner Gordon on those on those that run of films, Commissioner Gordon and Alfred are. Not my favourites. Well, Commissioner Gordon's barely even in it, is he? Yeah. Pat, he, Pat Ingalls just, it's just window, like I said, he's just there to flick flick on and, the bat signal on and off and they need it. Fuck. So, yeah, that was that was fun to go back to, though. And, uh, look, I've seen Batman and Robin a few too many times in the last few years. Is I think I need to give it, it some away? space. I need to just give it some space. And if someone suggests watching it again, I think I just have to say no. Um, <laughs> But movie forty three though yeah movie forty three yeah I'll watch that again. <laughs> uh, but moving on to more of the sort of stuff that we're we'll be kind of talking about today. I, yeah. I did spend a little bit of time on Shutter. Huh? I watched Skull the Mask, oh, yes. which is a Portuguese kind of slasher with I don't know. There's sort of supernatural overtones and. and Things like that. How is it from a slasher movie perspective? It's okay. It's okay. I wouldn't... Like, I had high hopes because I'd heard it was a bit of a festival favourite and all this sort of stuff. And but you were disappointed. I was a little bit disappointed in it. It, it was It was all right. It, it wasn't overly long. The actual skull, the demon thing, looks pretty cool. And it's all sort of prosthetic effects and things like that. So it's 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 got it's got its merits, but I didn't love it. Okay. And I watched Vicious Fun. Ah, Yes. You mentioned this. Yeah, oh, I was a big fan, big yeah. fan. Yeah, if you got if you got Shutter, check it out. It's a uh, it's uh, another sort of horror comedy kind of one, but um, just another good idea. This boy kind of stumbles into into a meeting like a like a twelve step program, but for serial killers. Right. So it kind of develops from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good fun. I really enjoyed it, including a. Um, there's a section where they get into this police station with a couple of bungling cops that. I got quite a few laughs out of, okay. including, you know, some very sensitive feelings about mustaches and shit like that. So, good yeah, good fun. Good okay, fun. I'll better check that out because I haven't been on Shutter in ages. Mm. Get on to it. And that's it. That's it. That's it. All right. Let's take a break. Here's a trailer for Fear Street Part 2, 1978. Hello? It's not over. Our last chance. How do we end this? You have to go back to 1978. The first day of camp. So Looks like blood. Do you have a better idea? Maybe. Who are you? Nick Good. Bad things always happen to shady siders. You feel it, don't you? There's something holding us down. Who's seen us? One way or another, you're going to die tonight. There it is. It's not just a diary, it's a map. I'm not letting you die. My sister's still out there. Go, go, go! We can end this. You swore it's becoming a habit. Fear Street, Part 2, 1978, 
from this year, directed, produced, and written by the same crew as the first one, except for a writer by the name of Zach Olowitz, who actually has recently written a new one for Brad Pitt called Bullet Train. And, of course, they're based on the Fear Street book series by R.L. Stein. It stars Sadie Sink as Ziggy Berman, Emily Rudd as Cindy Berman, Ryan Simpkins as Alice, and the strangely named McCabe Sly as Tommy Slater. Who came up with that name? <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Again, budget and box office. Unnecessary. I don't know what it would have cost, but obviously there's going to be no box office. And although this is the second film in the trilogy, it was actually filmed last. There you go. All right. I'm going to go first here, Jared. You mentioned disappointment, and I was disappointed in this. I think that there's some good things in it, and there are some moments that I really liked, but there is a lot of guff and a lot of slow sections, and it doesn't have the characters that the first film had, in my opinion. A lot more assholes, which is never a good sign for any of these movies. The slasher element, I think, kind of works. I think for the most part, that stuff, kind of, they got it right. But it's all the shit down in the cavern underneath the ground and that, that I just, that could have been condensed into like five minutes. We could have been out of there and just had fucking this bloke on the hunt. And we would have known what was going on and we would have had all the supernatural elements and everything in play and in place. But they just fuck around down there for way too long. They keep cutting back there in the middle of good sequences happening up top and then cutting back down to the the cavern and I'm just like, get back up there. So um, I was quite disappointed in this one because I felt this was the one that should have been the easiest to mine. The nostalgia is still there and there's some cool nods to things like Stephen King and stuff like that. But overall, two and a half. I've got concerns about what the third one is going to end up at. Right. All right. I'm a little bit different. I feel they're two for two myself. I feel like the thing for me was when it opened up and we went straight to the supernatural stuff, straight to the witch stuff, we got into the camp and that was kind of a primary concern. I think I just took it early on as there was a point where I just said, okay, this is not going to be as slashery as I thought it was going to be. No, and I accepted that. So once I got past that, I was okay. There were certainly some points early on where I was feeling it was dragging a little bit, and there's I have a a bit of an issue with some of the characters as well. Mm-hmm and the lack of kind of relationships that they developed in the first one or the way that they developed them. Yeah. But I felt like it got stronger as it went along. And I think that the the second... Definitely the second the half movie, was better. I felt it was better. It had more of the slashery elements, yes. but it also had the better relationship building. Yeah, it did a little bit better thing. characters. Trying to throw a couple of twists at us again. So I, I settled on... It's going to be Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. I settled on a three and a half. You settled on Snake Eyes. Because I still have this excitement level for the next one. And 1966 is the one where I thought, this is the one that I'm... Sorry, 1666 is the one that I thought, I'm going to struggle with this one. I don't think this has got as many of the things to latch onto. The touchstones the, and the... The things the, that, the, yeah, yeah. So, but in seeing the trailer that they'd held back 
or seeing the, the stuff at the end of the movie that they had held back. So obviously, spoilers again. We're going to talk talk about all that's all that's going on. Yeah. But seeing that the characters that have been killed and the characters that are trying to resolve this are in in that period in that period in some way is kind of intriguing to me and I'm I'm still looking forward to that. All in all, I didn't feel it was as good as the first one, but I didn't think it was as big a drop off as as you did. No, but I, it wasn't to me because the first one was only a 3. So the drop offs are the same as yours. But it, yeah, so it's just that to me the first one was not as good as easy 3. I thought you gave it a I No, I gave it 3. Gave it 3. Gave three. <laughs> and then this one's a step down, which is exactly the same. So we're both in the sense, saying that this one's not as good, but there's just higher levels on to it. As far as the likes are concerned, quick reintroduction. Yep. Come back to where we can't. We ended the first one. Yeah. See Berman then starts telling us the story. Yeah, and, and it's then a we wise go move. into it. They wise know move. we should have. You know. You know. They, they know we've watched it a week ago. Yep. It's like an episodic TV, basically, just short and, and sharp. And it just works perfectly to just get us back. And yep. we're into seventy-eight within what about. Five minutes? Five, yeah. Five or ten, maybe max. So I like that. With no beat around the bush, let's get in there. Mm. They quickly establish some characters in terms of Ziggy's an outsider, Cindy's the goody two-shoes, Nick's there, you know, Nick's there, and he's he's sort of, and his brother, you know. Yep. And the the bitchy girls that are there. And that whole little thing about, her being a witch and they sort of string her up and everything like that. I kind of liked the way that was done. It was quickly done. Yeah. And just gave us a sense. And then I loved the way they, they, they whipped through the camp. Yeah, well, that was one of the That was a nice parts little place. It was like... Just sort of cruising feels through. feels cool. Very thir- Friday the 13th vibes, obviously. Yes. I mean, we've got an archery range there. Yeah. But I also like that they throw it into a camp that's in full swing. Yes. Because we don't see that all that often. Yep. You know, there is certain certain movies, thinking of something like Sleepaway Camp that I yeah. watched pretty recently, there is certain ones you get where the camp is in full swing, but having the having the kids going through their activities and the counsellors and the, yeah. the kind of, yeah, it was just something a little different, and I, yeah, I liked that too. And sort of- I really liked the fact that the um, colour war, no, that was the night. That everything happens. Yeah. So everyone's hiding out. There's the whole, you know, you've been captured and you're in jail. And so there's a big event happening when yep. when our murderer's on the loose, which I thought, again, perfect way to put people in peril, split people up. It's dark. It's at night. And I kind of dug that, the fact that they went down that road. And it helps to, um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was like the same colours that they were wearing in the football game yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So they stick with that. Sticks with this whole kind of class divide that, that they're going with. The period detail is excellent. The the way they give us the 70s and the campground and everything there, production design is superb. They do a really, really good job there. Yeah. Yep. The scene with Nurse Lane when yep. she's bandaging her up and she's fucking talking a mile a minute and bandaging, bandaging, making it tighter and tighter and tighter. I actually thought that was quite eerie. Yeah, the way she was kind of talking and not looking at her and everything like that. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. It was, it was nice to sort of have that kind of cra- almost like Crazy Ralph. She had a touch of the Crazy Ralph. Yes. Better actor. Didn't go, <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking idiot. 
Like crazy routes, though. Fucking hell, shots fired there. It's got a disc. Yeah, no, I, I like that as well. And I thought that was it was an interesting tie to the character that we'd seen in the previous film as well. Yes. Um, and then that sequence where she basically attacks Tommy mm. with the knife. Again, same thing. She sort of comes in, she's rambling and almost like looking straight through him. Yeah, I really liked those sequences. I thought that that sort of t- brought out a little bit of that sort of creepy vibe. Yeah. Which, which was good. You needed a bit of that. Yep. I thought the relationship between Nick and Ziggy was a big strength of the thing because I felt like there were some issues with some of the other ones. Yes. But I felt along the way that these two characters coming together was one of the parts that you really actually did care about through the film. Look, I'll say theirs was much more natural and it, and, and it, it delivers later on Yeah, much better. None of them are at the level of the first movie. Well, see, I felt this one actually was. I thought this was... So the the idea that he's going to be the sheriff, and we know that... Yeah, I mean, I like that again, they're playing with some they're playing with some notions that we've got. So when he kind of meets her halfway and tries to make the effort to, to connect with her and that sort of thing, mm. it was pretty good. And it was, so there was a bit of rebellion from his part, and I just liked their conversations a lot more. I mean, obviously, they're, they're dipping some exposition in there, but the stuff about Stephen King and all that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, that was cool. I really felt that that was That's the right. best one of the lot, oh. to be honest. And it's where... No yeah, doubt, because it's where things got... I felt like it's where things got a little bit deeper. They started talking about... The, the conversations between those two were where those two characters got a little bit deeper and their motivations and things like that came out a little bit more which I felt fit with the first one. I thought that's what the first one did quite well in points. Yeah. So I actually thought that that by managing to sort of get the investment, knowing the fate of the two characters... Well, it's going to it's going to help when we get back. Yeah. I felt like, yeah, knowing that fate of, fate of the two characters and that sort of thing, it was just playing with the expectations and the twists that they were going to throw at you again. I thought that really worked. Yeah, that's fair. Ziggy sucks cocks in hell, yeah. written on the wall. Yep. A little nod to the exorcist. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, there's a mention of Stephen King. Obviously. Carrie the, and Salem's Lot. I yeah, Carrie, Salem's Lot. Obviously him cutting through the door like The Shining. Yeah. And so I liked some of that nostalgia. They have done a very good job in both films of tapping that nostalgia vein here. Yeah. Which is where 1666 is going to have not, probably none of that. Yeah, I really liked when they... <laughs> When she started talking about, you know, what are you going to do when people find out you like to read Stephen King or whatever, and he's like, Stephen King's very popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a nice nod to, uh, obviously, he was popular at the time, but especially yeah. looking at it now. Yeah, it's yeah, even, yeah, yeah. Even more. It was even but more. I really like that. Some of that stuff of saying Stephen King sort of mentioned. When Tommy finally cuts loose yeah, and really delivers on that fucking stoner bloke <laughs> Yep, yep. <laughs> he nails him, and then we get a number of sequences that had a very much a Friday the 13th vibe. Yeah. Um, I also liked A little bit of Stalk and Slash kind of in yep, there. Yep, yep. One in particular involving the girl that just slept with um, Will. Yes. That is classic Friday the 13th. Yeah, like very all much so. classic Friday the 13th. I actually, I thought it was a, another, you know, point of difference going with the supernatural stuff. It was interesting to see a character that we had spent the first part of the movie getting to know a little bit. Yes. And then just turning turn him immediately into, a, yeah, into the killer. Into a murderer. Um, without 
you know, it was lacking, obviously, a, a kind of Jason backstory or a whodunit. Yeah. It was just, here's a guy that but was... But we, we always knew we weren't going to get that. Well, that's right. I think we that was we the were... luxury we had at our disposal was, we know we don't... We don't we know who this is likely to be. Well, that's the thing. I'm not so saying not that's an issue. Worry about it. I'm not, I it was a good thing. I'm not saying that's a problem at all. I'm saying that's one of the things that I liked about. But it was it, good it was, to show was... him as kind of being a nice bloke. Yeah, in that early phase. Yeah. So we knew that it was going to be something like that. That somebody was going to be possessed because that's what that's what had been established in the previous one. Yeah. But in the last one, it wasn't people we knew until the very end. Correct. So now we go ten minutes or fifteen. 15 minutes of getting to know this guy, and then he immediately turns. Yeah. And then he sort of goes mute and just runs loose. But something that sort of works about it, because these characters know that they start to develop this understanding that it's it's not him really controlling the actions, but they yeah, also yeah. understand if they don't do anything, they're going to die. Yeah. So And obviously, you know, back down underground, we find that the mark and the witch's mark and all the names on the wall and everything like that. So we know that Seraphie is involved. Yep. In, in crafting all this. Mm. So, you know, I appreciated that, and I do appreciate the fact that he, we actually did know him yeah. for a short period of time. And we now As know opposed to the first uh, guy in the skull mask that we didn't really we know. We didn't really we know, really yeah. met him. We Obviously, met him for two minutes. We know now, too, that it's under the mall. Yes. Yes. Which was... <laughs> so that'll come little... back, obviously, which yeah. is good. Yep. There's a couple... As I said, the girl getting killed who just slept with Will. Yep. That was probably my favourite sequence. Yeah. Um, it's really, really well handled. Yep. You have the classic sequence of, of somebody walking past the camera, mm-hmm. you know, and then she sort of comes out and she's, you know, looking around and then he, he appears, you know, all that sort of stuff. Classic Friday the 13th, and I think it worked out really, really well. I also liked uh, him killing the camper that he'd been interacting with a little bit earlier. Yes. Because it was just sort of playing with the expectations, just, just bringing things up a notch because it's it's sort of just... Blurs the lines between who we think's in play and who... And then he the... kills those three kids too, doesn't he? Yeah. The same thing. Yep. And I love the way that was shot. He, he drops the drops the match. Yep. And instead of focusing on the kids being killed, you just hear them getting killed. Yeah. The match, matchsticks on the ground that kind of burns out. I thought that was nicely done. Yeah. I really like when we finally see him get the sack on his head. Mm. And he stands up and the... He's, the 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 lamp is swinging around. It reminded me very much of Jason in the remake trailer. You know where it, you first see him for a few seconds, and it's got mm. the the light switch light um, lamp thing swinging around, and then he appears. Reminded me very much of that, but it was a really cool shot because he kind of he kind of stops for a second, he turns around, yeah, and he's got that sackhead Jason type of look, yeah. which I thought was fucking excellent. I actually thought the the scene. Leading up to that too, that the couple of minutes leading up, where they're you know they're in the mess hall and the girls are in the cabin trying to get back into it, mm. I kind of like the way that was that was done as well. How it's kind of he's smashing at the door and then she's kicking the grate. And yeah. It's kind of in unison, like yeah. to, there's a, there's a rhythm to go on there. And yeah, I just felt felt, and it was also where you know one of the musical choices kind of worked, even though they'd used it before. Oh, um, carry on, carry on, on my way with sun yeah. in the background. Kind of worked. It just, it just was a. It was certainly a did. Nice little scene. Old mate getting his fucking head cut off in the toilet. <laughs> the bloke <laughs> from Halloween. Yeah. It's his fucking head cut off and then just falls down the tunnel. Yeah. Down the bloody crapper. <laughs> just lands in a big. Oh, mate, that was gold. You love that one. I did. I loved it. Yep. Plus, of course, he was that sniveling type of nobu. You know, when Nick goes, we've got to go out and find him. He's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> there again? Yep. He seems to play that kind of 
wanky sort of character pretty well because he was similar in Halloween. And my last really, the last thing that I really liked is actually that scene where the two girls are out in the centre looking for the hand. Mm. And then all the killers are fucking coming towards them, yeah. converging on them from all around. Yep. Um, and it's it's a really eerie sort of shot because they keep sort of flashing to each killer. One of them looks a bit like Michael Myers. Yeah, they did. I, I sort of picked that one up. And then as there's well. a little tiny guy with a yeah kid. Yeah, with like a kid mask with a, on. Yeah, I thought that stuff was really creepy. Yeah, it was Cause, yeah, there's fog in the air and you know. And it's sort of built up because obviously, again, by that point. As I said, I thought they built the relationship between Nick and Ziggy pretty well. Yeah. So it is, again, when she gets cut down, you're thinking, oh, well, the, you know, bit of a kick in the guts again, but you knew what the fate for these two characters held. Yeah. And they throw the twist at you. Yeah. Which, no, look. I was okay with it. Yeah, I was okay with it, but it didn't, I wasn't surprised. I'll go well, put it that way. I wasn't particularly surprised. Well, this is the thing. There was, there was an element where you're thinking, yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a huge shock. It then led to the whole Nick and C. Berman thing. Yeah, the whole, the, the, it's happening again. It was the like, why is it? been in the first film. Yeah, and immediately I was like, okay, so what's, what's happened between them? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's, rather than kind of a cheap shock, I think they've it it ex- it, planned it, out. It's, it's planned. It was obviously something that was planned, which, you know, to me, that was okay. I wasn't. It certainly wasn't unhappy. And the scene movie. in general, I think it's the director just does a really good good job of when it comes down to those ones. When it comes down to that final kind of showdown, mm. she's done pretty well with both of them. Obviously, we had a couple of issues with the supermarket one and the the plan and what 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 they're sort of going through. But in terms of them being exciting sequences, yeah, they both were. Yeah, they were. Oh, I, yeah, think yeah. She's, I think she's done a really good job with that. Oh, look, as far as some of the set pieces are concerned, the direction is, is top-notch, you know. For somebody who does not have a large resume, if I'm led to believe, I think she'd only made one other film. Mm. So this is somebody who's, who's, who's not an established director who does a really good job with the material, I think, at yep. the end of the day. Did you have any other likes for you? No, that was, that was it. All right. You mentioned the mic drop. And the songs yeah. in the first movie, it's in fucking full bloom here. Yeah, well... I mean, it's, it's even worse. This the time funny around. thing is, it feels like it's it's overdone, and then it just stops. Yeah, yeah. And they finally get to the score, which I actually liked. The yeah. score reminded me of Friday the 13th. Yeah, like there's a run... There's a run... Seriously, there's, there's, honestly, like, a, there's, there's like, like a minute... Where there's, yeah, there's like a minute of screen time at one point where there's three, one after the other. Well, they it's immediately bang, bang, bang. open with like, fucking the man who sold the world. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> do we have to? Do we immediately have to start with this? Yeah. Then we get to camp and we're into everything. Yeah, every song in the from the seventies is given a run. Yeah, so it, it's like the start of the movie. The first, it feels like the first forty-five minutes. It's in overdrive, yeah. and then it just slows, and we don't get it. Seems like we don't get it again until Carry On While the, the Sun comes yeah. back. Yeah. Like, so which is almost like half an hour later or more. Yeah. 40 minutes later. And I think that's probably why the, the later one works better. Yes. It works because... because they didn't have it for And the a while. great thing about that one is they actually use it in the scene. Mm. It drops out, remember, when she's coming up behind him. Yep. And it, it, it she's now... He hears her. Yep. So it works. Yeah. So I like the use of it there. It just... Oh, fuck. They just... They can't help themselves. No. 
What are they going to do with no, uh, oh, 6866? 60, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, I think they it'll be... They won't have this at their disposal to yeah, do it. it'll show a bit more of the, the original sort of stuff they're going to have to put on um, there. Look, the early going is a bit of a slog. Yeah, it's... it's it spends a lot of time kind of slogging around, and it, it for me, when your characters are not very interesting, which a lot of them weren't, unfortunately, for me personally, you know, they, they were very generic. I think what I liked about the first one is you had your generic characters, but they played with them, and they let us get to know them and find a sweet spot for them. So it feels to me like what they did is they got a bit mixed up. It seems like they were trying to get the connective tissue with the last film yeah. and the witch stuff going, but in doing that, they left the slasher stuff out for what I felt was a bit too long. Yes. I thought it should have kind of been a bit a bit more back and forth in at that point. And what you're saying about the characters, I agree with until the second half. Some of the characters who suck early on, mm. and I really just couldn't get along with at all early on, get a bit better as it goes along. They do, but... Now, I mean, the, thing like- that I, the thing that I think was happening was it feels like they wanted to go with those broad strokes, generic people like you had in those slashes, and then build them up. But it just seems like none of it's happening for 45 minutes. Yeah. Which is a bit of a... Like, it's it's a problem. But even a bloke like Will. I mean, that motherfucker needs his comeuppance. <laughs> you know, like, he's such a prick of a character, and then he kind of... He actually disappears for a while. Yeah, I see the thing that... And I'm then he th- comes back, and I'm thinking, he's going to get it. Right here yeah, with the girl. But this is the Sunnyvale stuff, right? I know, but... It and just... I'm thinking that this is the thing. It's... it's it's. So, obviously, we've got some ideas about what we think might happen down the track, but it feels like it was a, it was a choice to make those characters like what you got in those old slashes. Yes. But there's a reason why he doesn't we die. We may see him later or well, something like that. it's because he's, you know, it's because they've, they've made this sort of... This difference between the sunny da- sunny vale uh, and, and the you think there's shady a side. reason behind it. Well, I think there's a reason behind. I think they were showing those characters as like, yeah, this is the rich, rich prick that that treats everyone like shit that we get in some of these movies. But he's from Sunnyvale, so he's not going to get killed. Same with so, the same with the chicks that were were treating like treating that. Ziggy like shit. Yeah, it's a bit of a problem because we 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 think we know what to expect from these things, and if we don't get, they're going to be, be the more ones that survive. So if, if it doesn't turn out to be the way we expect, it could be even more of a, you know, you kind of like... Yeah, oh, well, so I don't good. know. I felt like maybe the Sunnyvale people that were going to survive, maybe they did need to, to either drop some of them and spend a bit of time fleshing out the ones that we did have, yeah. or I don't know. Oh, no, it just, it just I, I felt like, like this, isn't as, this one's not as well... Handled as far as the characters yeah, in total. I think I would agree. I don't feel like it was totally successful. I feel like we get a sense of what they're going for. And again, it may look better when we get the three we films get the whole as the package, package together. But, Which is one of the negatives, I guess, of having a trilogy yeah, that we haven't already It's going to be a totally different experience when you get the, the whole package one, we and you can, can marathon the yeah, thing. Okay. You, can, you can sit down and have a day and say, right, I'm going to watch all three of them in a run. But yeah, I, I I'm not dis, I'm not totally disagreeing with you. I think the character work is not 
is not so great. And a prime example is Alison and her yeah. boyfriend. I mean, there is just... So her boyfriend seems like kind of what Simon was in the first one, where he's carrying on like a bit of a deal early on, yeah. but he's kind of funny, and then you get a bit of shade to him. Like, yes. But even even though that guy was never going to get the time to to get those shades, we could have had something to like about him. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's. I think there was probably more characters, too. Yeah. So, so you were, in essence, you were trying to spread it, and it was a little yeah. thinner, and unfortunately, you don't get what you get in the first movie, is that you actually cared about those four kids, and you wanted and, them to survive. And Alice, Alice and Cindy sort of going head-to-head for the first... Yeah, and then suddenly... Almost like, an hour. And then, then, we, then we're like, remember those days when we used to hang out? Yeah. Together? And it's like, what the and fuck? There needed to be more lead-up to that. Yeah, yeah, we need... Yeah. They, can, they, can, they can be taking shots at each other, but there's got to be something there that says that they've... There's got to be something shown to us that kind of says that they're both still hurting about this or something. For me, and this is my personal take, the stuff down below between those two should have been condensed. They're Mm. down there for way too long. We could have got all the stuff we needed in five or ten minutes and then had them come back to the surface and we'd be back into Tommy cutting loose and we'd be we'd be fine. Yeah, the movie see, would probably be ten minutes shorter too, which is probably a good thing. I think it was a bit too. So long. I don't know if it should have all been condensed, but I probably would. Well, have we spent, still we still could have got the I heart. Probably would thing have spent less touched. time in the cabin. Yeah, but I feel like the some of the relationship stuff that happens and probably extends the time that they're down there probably could have happened upstairs in other places as yes, well. Yes, exactly. So you could have condensed the material and and moved some of the character pieces yeah. out of there because I just felt it sapped things away. As we went as Tommy went on a rampage, the films it fo- on firing on all cylinders for yeah. me. And then we go back downstairs for fucking 10 minutes. And I was just like, ah. But see, some of that was the necessary shit, I guess, that they've set up. Yeah, and you, you the, had the to, witch and all that stuff. You had to stuff. go this balance to between that. what's going to happen because we've been sort of promised that C. Berman is going to have some answers to this. Mm. So they're kind of feeling some of that out. But, yeah, I agree that it could have some of it could have happened in other places. Yes. You could have got some of that stuff out of the way and gotten back upstairs with the knowledge of what was going on yeah, a little yeah, earlier. Exactly. And I think it would have it would have streamlined. Yeah. And it would have made it a tighter, leaner package. I think part of it was this whole split between the sisters. It felt like they were they were purposely yeah. trying to make this physical distance represent their, their kind of emotional distance and Yeah. And look, I appreciate that they're trying to build a they're, they're drawing on a bigger canvas because we're talking yeah. about three films that are supposed to be connected. But yeah, I felt um, like when they first got in there, in that little sequence where they find the stuff and sort of get chased in there. I was thinking, this is all right. This is good. But then, yeah, it, well, when they are in there, it just does... It takes a long, long time. Yeah. I also... Uh, it was good to see another example of, you know, just just shaking off a compound fracture. I know. <laughs> I'll just fucking wrap a I'll just bit hop, of shit on yeah, it. Yeah, put a splint on it. I'll hop around. Yeah, yeah, put a bit of pressure on it. Uh, that's not how that works. <laughs> Fuck. And my personal favourite was, Christ. you've been stabbed fucking 20 times in the chest. And along comes old mate and starts doing CPR. There'd yeah. be fucking blood spewing out everywhere. You've got to yeah. f- cover the holes. For well, God that's what sake. I thought because they showed the axe <coughs> hitting her in the chest. And he turns up and starts doing that. I thought, hang on a minute. <laughs> like, right. 
You're not fucking. You got to stop the blow. I mean, from what he just did, you're blowing in, and it's just going out of our hole. Yeah, I just felt, and unfortunately, and you know, again, I, I I harp on technical things, but none of that shit from the first film that was problematic has been corrected. So there's a number of dark shots and dark sequences that don't you can't see what's happening because they're using flashlights. The music is overbearing, and you can't hear what people are saying. A couple of times I couldn't hear what people are saying because the fucking mute, the score is or the soundtrack is blaring. So they're they're just some of those things that they just it's a through line. Obviously they're all made the same. So I'm assuming this is going to be a problem in the third film for me. I think you better have a little play with your contrast. Oh, it was way too fucking loud. Every time the music was on, it was way too loud. And then when it would stop... I thought the music was loud, but I didn't miss any... any and then the dialogue. the dialogue was fine. And I was like, okay, so the music must be jacked up or something every time they put it on. So I had a fucking cunt of a time hearing some things. <laughs> Couple of times I were talking, I was like, "What was that?" Yeah, well, I don't know. If I, I didn't. I didn't notice. That. Um, but I did notice dark, the, the, like the, the songs came came out very strong. Yeah. But I didn't miss the dark. The darkness was worse. Yeah, there was a bit because of that. in the cavern, it's going to be dark. Yeah. So and they only had flashlights to work with. Mm. So you're going to get that. Now you're trying to build some tension or some suspense, I guess, in being down there and build a little. They do a couple of boo scares. Mm. Yeah, the one where she walks around the circle, yeah, yeah, runs into her again. Yeah, but there are shots where she's searching for something or whatever, and I mean, fuck! Unless I've recently gone blind, <laughs> <laughs> possibly, I couldn't tell what she was looking at. Oh dear! Well, as a man with you know with the excitement level of a bloke with three dicks, oh, yeah, you have yeah. gone blind. I've gone down to one dick. <laughs> <laughs> Which is never good for me. So yeah, the what else the you got? Lack of, sort of it for me. So I did, you know, I did mention that I got past that slasher stuff very early, but there was still a little bit of lingering kind of. I wish there was more of more of the slasher stuff at parts. Like I said, I think in the first hour, I felt like there needed to be more of a mix between. Well, well the, two. the first film started with such a bang. Yeah. And that, you know, it had the luxury of going there. This yep. one came back in on the first film's ending and doesn't was start fine with a bang. Because we were at the, it, that was fine because we were at the camp pretty early on. But I just thought it took a long time to get down there for Tommy to be possessed. Yeah. And then to get into the slasher. I mean, it, it's essentially an hour yeah. before it really turns into a slasher. And for an hour and, what, 45 or whatever it was, yeah. an hour 50 or... So really you're only getting... The real excitement stuff doesn't start until yeah. 45 minutes and it ago. seems like, although, you know, I've said I'm happy with the, the blend, I am happy to go with that, but when you've kind of promised what we're getting, less than half the movie is not quite what you expect. Mm. It's, not, it's not quite what you want. You want a little bit more than that. So just, I would have liked them to ramp up that just a touch. It means we would have had to lose any of a, a bit of that Tommy, you know, getting to know him. Probably would have needed to lose a touch of that. Um, yeah, but not a lot. I just it felt like when they're going searching. Could through you the have woods, gotten? This is a question. Yeah, you know, this is just spitball. Could you have gotten rid of Alice? Is that a Was it a necessary character at the end of the day? You probably could have, and because that would have. It she would have, really doesn't bring. 
anything substantial to the. She just steals the steals the map. Yeah. Brings it along, and she plays a similar role to what the sister plays. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe you could have cut that down a little bit, or or something like that. Because couldn't it could have been Ziggy and Nick who find the map and go looking for this the the hand? Possibly. But that would have been another way to bring the sisters together and create that. It just sort of speeds things. Like, sorry, with Alice and her boyfriend there, it seems to just slow it down. It seems to, to to take a lot of time when they go into the woods. Finding things, and it's all you know. It's all setting up stuff that we they needed to to deliver on. But it, it takes but take a long, your long key time. characters in that direction, which yeah. is what the first movie did. Yeah, put those four characters on the move, looking for whatever they needed, mm. and we get to know them while it's happening. Yeah. Whereas Alice just seems a little superfluous to the proceedings. Yeah. In some ways, that's we could have yeah. lost her and the the because. Ultimately, see, you made a very good point, Jared. We've got Alice and Cindy who have got a beef with each other, but that's an irrelevant situation. The The real issue is Ziggy and Cindy mm. and their relationship and the problems with it. I mean, Alice just becomes sort of the sounding board for why Cindy has has had her issues. Yeah. Which is okay. Maybe give her the character to be there, but maybe just just pair it back, pair or it back just bit, have or the two sisters sort of butting heads and then having a different way to do it, heart to heart, yeah. and Nick's along for the ride. Yeah, um, that could have worked, I think, and 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 probably would have jettisoned some of the clutter because yeah. there's a lot of clutter. Possibly, I mean, been fuck, the case. There's a there's a sequence when we first meet Alice, where her and her boyfriend are having sex, and then of course he pulls out a joint and all that sort of shit. Mm. It's boring as fuck. Yeah. Like, I was just like, come on. Yeah. You know, move move past this. And like I said, they, they're instantly unlikable, but they don't have those little quirks that, that the two from the previous film Yes, had. yes. So there's, it, just, it just showcases the character development's not as good, yeah. partially because, as I said, there's a lot more characters to work around here mm. that we didn't get in the first, first film, which made the first film a tighter, sort of more lean product with regards to its characters and how they were they, they built up. Yeah. We talked about it in the first film with Simon. He starts off as a fucking dick, bit of a dickhead who proceeds to tell um uh Dina's brother that he's a fucking witch nerd <laughs> and then they end up having conversations with each other near the end that showcases they you know, he's got yeah. to know him and he likes the bloke. And there was touches of that. There was touches of that with Alice. Hmm. When she starts, you know, when they start getting into it and she starts saying, you know, talking about the, the wristbands. Mm-hmm. I don't wear them because they look cool yeah, or whatever. she's cutting herself. There's, there's little bits of that that you could have worked with, absolutely. And I think that's where the, the peaks of the good character development started to come along towards the end with, mm. with those ones. But, yeah, it definitely did dull dull a bit of the slasher stuff. And as you said, when we get to the slasher stuff, it's it's full tilt. It, it's, like, yeah, it's, it rocks it's on. pretty good. Which is which was one of its strengths, is that when we're cutting people's heads off... Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting our money's worth. Yeah. But, yeah, overall, that was it for me, I think. I had one more. What was the other now, one? You mentioned it and had a bit of a chuckle at it. But, in general, I was not pleased to see the guy from Halloween in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... True. I remember when, he, when, he, when his fucking face came up, I was like, oh, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> as soon as he showed up, I was like, oh, fucking hell. You know, we're not going to have to put up with this bloke. I mean, he seems to... 
I mean, I think he sucks. I, really, <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought that I thought you him see, being in this was. Did just, you think he sucked in Halloween? Yeah. Yeah. Look. Look. Seeing him impaled on a wrought iron fence <laughs> after being a fucking sleazy prick yeah. was worthwhile. I don't know, Halloween. like, I don't, it's not, it's not the acting. Well, I didn't think he was very good in this. I just like all he seems to have done is play in these two movies. Is play a real jerk who's trying to be the clown, but it doesn't seem like anyone else thinks it's funny. <laughs> it seems like that's him for in both of these movies. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I was just kind of When like... I saw him, I was like, oh, <laughs> this guy. I wasn't happy to have him back, put it that way. And you know what? If you put both his performances side by side, I suggest it's the same character, pretty <laughs> yeah, much. It probably is. You know, so, yeah, look, he was, I mean, he, look, he was unwelcome. If we see him at, at 1666 and I see his face pop up, I'm oh. going to be fucking fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he was an unwelcome uh, inclusion. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. No disrespect to his acting performance, because I don't, I wouldn't have said it was bad. It's just he, he he sort of felt out of place in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. You know? Well, it just felt like yeah, it did feel like another one of those, you know, the nods to just the stereotypical kind of. Yeah, fodder characters that we get, but again, it doesn't really pay. He does get his head cut off, so you, 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 I mean, as look, you said, you enjoyed that one. Another that side good. note: when you just walked in and found a bloke fucking who's taken an axe to the face, and you're in a summer camp, and you're a fucking camp counselor, you're 17 years old. I'm not going out there looking for the kids. No, that's like when right. Nick says, "Okay, we get our torches, we go out." We no, no. well, <laughs> was, no, it's it. it it, that part was good because it felt like, yeah, all right, well, Nick's got this it showed we're going to fulfil. It showed Nick's ability to lead. Yeah, to well. lead things. And then the other bloke, as you said, it was a natural reaction, like, no. <laughs> but <laughs> we needed there. a scene where, what are you taking, Julius? Nothing. Take a fucking weapon, minimum. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, even if it's a tree branch, yeah, something. Yeah. There are fucking sharp implements in the kitchen. <laughs> like, yeah, there's got to be something. Get there. something. I get a fire poker or yeah, something. Yes. Just you know. Jesus Christ, I'm not going out there with a torch and then going, "Oh, you guys, <laughs> get back in there." Yeah, that was it for me. Other than the fact that the twist, I kind of saw. Didn't really see coming, but I kind of got the gist that, yeah, maybe Berman's been talking shit. And, and then, you know, because they were sisters, I kind of, as it got closer towards the end, I was like, oh, yeah. So she she is Ziggy, not, yeah. not Cindy. Well, Especially thought... when Cindy took an axe to the chest yeah, <laughs> 20 yeah. times. Yeah. I thought, oh, yeah, <laughs> she, she's definitely dead. See, that's <laughs> another issue too, right? They're, 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 the mythology of that was different. Yeah. Because that guy was just killing shady, shady siders. Yeah. Or no, well, pe- people who were from shady side were dying, but then she died because she they were chasing her because she bled on the bone or something. It was kind of I don't know, like I get I get the whole that you know there's a difference between she's putting the names on the wall and those people are coming back and killing anyone from shady side or whatever, and the bleeding on the bones is what makes them come directly for you, but. They got a bit to to Too sort much. through there. Yeah. They got a little bit to work through. In the sixty six has got some work to do. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So anything else from you? No, that was it. 
Alright, that's Fear Street, part two. How do you feel about three? How many dicks? <laughs> on the dick scale? Look, I'm probably still about a three, to be honest. <laughs> You're juggling three dicks. <laughs> yeah. I, I am... I am oh, You're down to one. Yeah, I'm, I'm down to one. This <laughs> 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 one has really oh, fucking put you no, off. No, no, look. It hasn't put me off because... Look, when I saw the bloke from Halloween, I was about... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was about I got an immediate soft cock. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know what? I still, like you, am waiting for payoff. Yeah. So my hope is that things might go up a little at the end of the third film where I know how it all fits together and then I can say, yeah, okay. Well, I guess, so the thing for me is that the excitement level had dipped a little bit from this one because I didn't think it was as good as the first one. But the the footage and showing showing the kids as part of it kind of kind of took the excitement up a bit because I'm like, okay, so we're going to be working with the characters that you did establish pretty well, the ones that we liked. Yeah. So. Again, if I see old mate from Halloween, that is not going to be, <laughs> not going to a be positive good. thing. <laughs> but you saw those characters that we've spoken about, you yes. know, that they developed well in the first one. So that, it seems like everyone's back. Yeah, so I'm kind of... It dipped a little bit, and then when I, once I saw that, I was like, all right, well, I'm interested in to, see, to see how they're going to work this in. How, how are we going to get all of these characters back in there? Because yes. it seemed like Dina was... Um, Little Sarah Fear. Yeah, not, it not seemed like she had that. kind of inhabited her body. So is it like, are we? Are you just going to be seeing how it played out, or are you actually there now, and are you sort of controlling the situation? And then the characters that are dead that are there. Yes. Like so, I don't know. I'm. I'm it's very interesting to look at because I'm co- I'm comfortable with this trilogy idea. Yeah, I'm, it comes back to my excitement with it is still based on that. Really. I'm very comfortable with the trilogy. And the idea that they're kind of trying to stretch and, and find a, a three three films and connect them. My wife, on the other hand, is like, I'd rather have seen Fear Street just singular films. Yeah. That have no connection. And I was like, yeah, I can kind of get behind that, but you've got to pick well. Well, like, the if you're going to make them good, if you're going to make the good ones, then you've got to find good stuff. There's a couple of issues with that, I guess, is that there'll be a cynical view from some people yeah. that you've just taken the IP. Yeah, and to dress up a few slashes and scary stuff. stories. Yep. The other issue for me is if you're adapting straight from Fear Street books... No, you got work to do. Let's not forget, they're pretty skinny. Yeah, <laughs> you got a... work to do. But yeah. What you could do is take one of the books and then build it. If but the problem the is books, your same, the same problem uh, applies. The books, they were generic. Like, all of yeah, them are fucking generic. That's right. So and you're if, not finding... Quality. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing this as a, like I love it as a creative attempt to do something a little bit different. Yes. Obviously, it was going to be a cash grab initially when they were talking cinemas. It was going to be three, three films within a month of each other. Right. So obviously, there's a bit of a cash grab element there. Mm. But I actually really dig the idea of doing that and and building this kind of excitement over the three films. And I feel like. From what we've sort of seen, that they have put in the effort to make it more than just a cash grab, more than just using the Fear Street title. 
yeah. have tried to kind of stick true to something that you would probably find in one of these books. Yeah. If you were going to do the Fear Street books, to me, you do it like Creepshow. Yes, a TV you do show. 45 minutes. Yeah. 45 minutes. And then when you do that, like some of them being those kind of pretty generic kind of slashes or someone's, you know, stalking around the house or whatever, like you said, a lot of them were a very sort of formulaic See, but that's what, that's what this point thriller stuff at, at um, HBO Max, I think, is going to be more of. Yeah. Like, like Creepshow. And they're going to adapt some of that stuff into short little sort of bite-size yeah. films. I, I think I agree with you. I think if you go back through them, you'll find a lot of similarities. I mean, as you said, R.L. Stein's fucking... He's, and he's his team of ghostwriters. Ghost <laughs> <laughs> he's forgotten, he's forgotten storylines and fucking written them again. Yeah, he's exactly. He's written that many books. And, like, you know, the Fear Street books... And again, I'm not saying you definitely need to take them because, as I said... You could have read, I could have read one called fucking Wrong Number and then another one called Secret Admirer and they'd have fucking been identical. I yeah. can tell you, yeah. somebody's leaving dicey notes in fucking Sydney's locker. You know? you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. Well, that's there not is one of them. I believe there is one of them, I can't remember the title of it, that's essentially, I know what he did last summer. Yeah, like yeah. The setup is almost yeah. identical. Like Exactly. So you, you run into those issues and I guess that's where that kind of cynical... Cynical, sort of, oh, you've just dressed up a couple of, you know, things that we already, things that if if you're doing movies of them and you have to flesh them out, people are just going to be saying you use the IP to fucking push your shit on us, (laughs) basically. But it would be interesting to see someone take one of the ideas, basic, and then flesh it and give it character and stuff. Because I just think if you're going to do part of what Arnold Stein's books were lacking was fucking character. Yeah, I think if you're going to do that, then you're going to stick true to what. People, people were taking from those books. They've got to be short. I think you can't punch out ninety you, minutes without think, essentially. You essentially have to write half an original movie. Yeah, you, I think they went the way they've gone now because the Fear Street books in their current format were not gonna like it was nostalgia nostalgia pieces for people like us. Yeah, this is like taking the IP using. The key part of it, which is Sarah Fear yeah. and Shady Side, hitting the nostalgia, and anyway. then then trying to place this thing around it, right? And I think that's actually a worthy idea. Mm. I'm comfortable with what they've done. Yeah, totally. I'm not un- unhappy with what they're trying to do. Yeah, I just think that the excitement level's lower for me, and I haven't been as impressed as I was hoping to be. Yeah, I think it's. Um, but again, I don't know. I'm still I want to see high. payoff. I'm I want still... to see what the payoff is. Yeah. And if the payoff meets what I expected, then I can look back at the films and go, well, okay, there were parts that I didn't like, but I can see why they were in there. Yeah, and, and I reconnect think, it. I mean, I'm in the same boat. We're essentially in the same position where at the moment I'm feeling a bit better about things, but it's all going to rest on the third one. Yeah, it's it's the, the third one's a shit show. Third one's a shit show. We'll be back here next week, yeah. pissing and moaning oh, and saying you should have done single films. Get rid of the IP. You've had your go. <laughs> but yeah, I just I think when you go back, especially when you look at Goosebumps, right? Goosebumps did their TV show, yeah, and they adapted stories. Some of them were, were half an hour yeah. because there's there's they're skinny. Fear yeah. Street was similar. There, there's not a lot to them, so. I feel like if you're doing that, I'm still interested in seeing something like that. I'm still another interested in way seeing to do some it, of them adapted. Another way to do it would have been to 
have totally new stories based in the Fear Street universe, so yeah. shady side, and and you're yeah you know, you're taking current current day sort of stuff and adapting yeah. it into horror films and what have you. So I feel like what they've done is which essentially... they might actually end up doing. It's possible they might end up trying to do something yeah. like that as well to continue the Fear Street films at Netflix. They might yeah. decide, well, shit, we'll do a couple of um, standalones. So what they've done is essentially like what we're saying. You've taken a Fear Street book. In this case, they haven't taken the... They haven't adapted the books, but they've taken ideas that could be in the books so they can mould it to this movie yes. homage idea. And they've they've had to write original movies, which is what you're kind of going to have to do with... With the material, if you want to do it as a singular So thing. I feel like what they've done is, is pretty much that. They've tried to do the Fear Street book idea, wrap it around in these three movies. Because if you're making movies, obviously movies take time to make. Hmm. So you're going to have to do a lot of them in quick succession, which is probably putting people under a lot of pressure. <laughs> if, things if things don't work out well... You need a good, solid writer's room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or they're going to be... Really spread apart. Well, yeah, agreed. Which is okay. I mean, that's what they're going to do here. They're going to they're going to hit us with three, which so far has been an enjoyable experience. And if it works, they might do the same thing again, or they might say, "Let's try it again with one movie or whatever." But I just think, if, yeah, the, the, adapting the original stories, it's like if you do one and it doesn't pan out. <laughs> you might be in the shit from the get go. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel like they just said, let's take a big fucking swing with this. Does anyone know how many viewers were on? Do you have any idea how many viewers hit the first one? No idea yet. I want to check that out. I don't know if Net Streets and Net Street Net Netflix has mentioned the the numbers. Do, if, they, if, they generally mention them when they're when really they're good. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> I exactly. don't know. Exactly. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's I mean, a week after Army Army of the Dead. They were saying 75 million had watched that. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that, that, that is Fear Street. We'll be back when the third movie is done and we'll have a bit of an overall. We'll discuss the third film and then overall the entire series. But uh, you can find us on Podomatic, iTunes, and Spotify. Send us an email at thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia. And at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. We're also on Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Our next episode will be The Prince of Darkness, Jared. Mm. John Carpenter. Later John Carpenter. Late 80s John Carpenter. Mm. And but obviously we'll be hitting you with uh, <laughs> a whinging session about Fear Street 3. Yeah, true. <laughs> so you're going to get a bit of content in the next week or so. Um, but until then, take it easy and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.